Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, episode 97. Being able to provide them with education and curriculum and um, opportunities to protect their health and protect their, their fitness level and throughout their career so that they can enjoy a healthy career and a long retirement afterwards is what gets me excited every single day. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Hey everyone, this is the NSCA Coaching Podcast, and today I'm joined by two members of our tactical team here at the NSCA, Jason Swallow and Mandy Nice. But before we get too far in, Jason is the newest member of our team at the NSCA overseeing military programs and initiatives to support coaches and strength and conditioning practices across multiple branches. Jason, you've been in your role for more than a few weeks now, but I just want to say welcome to the team, man. Well, hello, and thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I'm excited to be here. I'm really happy to be in this role, and I'm just working as hard as I possibly can to advocate for our members in the tactical realm and you know, just grow the field organically moving forward. So we also have Mandy with us from the public safety side of the tactical strength and conditioning department. Mandy has been instrumental uh, in overseeing our virtual events and uh, dealing with COVID-19. Uh, all the all the challenges we have, I, I, you know, I'm just so, so thankful for your contributions on the virtual event side of things. Um, but also just keeping the tactical program afloat as we did have a little transition with, uh, with uh, Nate Palin leaving for another opportunity and um, just all the programs that are going on, we're, we're moving forward full head of steam. So credit to you on that, Mandy. Hey, thanks so much for having me here today. And it's just an honor to be in this role to, again, just support our tactical professionals and especially our public safety members who give so much to our communities. It's a pleasure and honor to get to help them help give back. Awesome. So one great thing about the NSCA is that we work well as a team across all of our audiences. And, you know, for our listener, listeners today, you know, these are my people, you know, this is an opportunity to learn some of the inner workings of the NSCA, the dynamic and passion that we have in supporting you, the coaches and professionals who are out in the field helping athletes and in taking this profession forward. So, Jason, being the newest member of our team, um, give us a little background for our listeners who haven't heard your story yet and also how do you see your new role and what are you most excited about? So, yeah, and I don't know if it's an interesting story, but I'll give it. Um, so I was lucky enough. I spent uh, six years active in the U.S. Air Force uh, as a structural engineer, had the opportunity to deploy in support of OIF. Um, so that was a great experience, learning experience for me. And then, uh, fortunately, the last two years, I went to an active status, so I decided to go back to school, got a bachelor's and a master's degree in exercise and sports science from the University of Louisiana, uh, go Raging Cajuns. And then uh, my master's degree, I was fortunate enough to be a GA under Dr. David Villar. Um, he's a longtime member of NSCA, but he really opened my eyes to the research world while uh, I was primarily... Uh, you know, studying and learning under the strength and conditioning aspect. Um, while there, 
Dr. Villar opened my eyes to research and the impact it can have and how you know fulfilling it was for me. And it ended up turning into a professional opportunity at Pennington Biomedical Research Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, fortunately, they had a great program that supported their staff, which allowed me to pursue my PhD at Louisiana State University uh, under Dr. Neil Johansson, studying exercise physiology. Um, and while there, you know, I was uh, networked with some really great individuals who were doing research uh, for the Department of Defense at the time, Dr. Jennifer Rood, Dr. Stefan Paviakos, um, and they allowed me to collaborate with them on some of their work where we're really trying to learn uh, more about the negative physiological consequences that occur with military operations. And the scope we were working in is the common occurrence that we see is calorie deficit. So they, you know, they have extended physical activity. They can burn up to 7,000 calories a day easily. And due to the increased stress of that environment, their uh, appetite can be suppressed and they won't ingest the needed calories for a number of reasons. So you're looking at anywhere from a 1500 to 3500 calorie deficit on a daily basis. And you know, operations can last anywhere from three to 30 days. So in the long term, it's rather detrimental to their lean mass, uh, bone mass, and other biomarkers that go into that. So Dr. Rue and Dr. Paziakos were collaborating on therapies to mitigate those losses. Um, and they had some really good results. And my work sort of centered around biomarkers related to cytokines uh, or inflammation markers. And then I decided to dive into the deep pool of genomics related to that stress. So we really looked at microRNA to try to understand if, if there were cascading signals that were leading to these other outcomes. So we sort of knew the outcome and we started working back from there. Um, that data is not yet published. We're in the work of getting it all together and putting it into review, um, but it was really, really fascinating and exciting to work in that environment. And I'm eternally grateful for them. And then as I ended, or got to the end of my PhD program, I started looking for opportunities and I noticed that the tactical program manager for the military uh, position was open at the NSCA and it really intrigued me. It was the population I always wanted to work with and help with an organization I always respected and trusted. Uh, I've been a member since 2015. So I decided to, you know, put in my application just to see what happens. And you know, gratefully I got an interview um, and then a couple more interviews and I was selected for the position and it was a really good day uh, when that happened. I was excited for the position. I knew that um, I'd be you know, working for the betterment of the NSCA members as well as the military personnel. Uh, and that was just kind of my passion. So, you know, I don't see this as a job or work. This is just me waking up doing what I want to do every day. That's awesome, man. And I think all of us here feel that way, you know, we're as coaches and as strength and conditioning professionals, we are so deeply connected to our subject area and just hearing you speak to your 
uh, even your research interests, you know, really that comes through loud and clear. And I remember during the interview process, sitting in on some of that, um, really like that you can connect on a higher level to some of the advanced and deeper topics that maybe we don't always think of with, with the military side of strength and conditioning. Uh, but you also had that coaching experience and you also had that active duty experience. So you can relate uh, across multiple levels uh, that soldiers deal with, that different types of soldiers deal with, that maybe are underrepresented groups within the tactical military strength and conditioning spectrum right now. So um, I'm really excited about what you're going to be able to bring. Uh, Mandy, I want to ask you a similar question. What inspired you towards pursuing strength and conditioning and your work in the public safety realm? Thanks so much. Well, it's an exciting place to be for sure. Um, I've been in this industry for about 15 years, and my specialty has been implementing tactical strength and conditioning programs that are practical, science-based, evidence-proven, and, and uh, results-focused. So I've um, came into the field as a personal trainer, um, also had some experience in corporate wellness as well, but saw an opportunity to actually start volunteering for a local sheriff's office. Um, I became good friends with some of the deputies there and they explained some of their needs and um, some in terms of injury risk reduction and things like that. And so um, that was really my start into the industry was just with uh, volunteering and uh, you know, doing my best to give back to the people who give our community so much. And that turned out really well. Um, we ended up putting together a program that reduced injury costs by a quarter million dollars in one year um, and actually helped officers lose over 2,000 pounds of body fat. Um, so that was published in the FBI National Academy um, magazine and also in the IACP Police Chief magazine. And uh, those opened up some doors to open uh, to work full time um, in a position as a wellness manager and then um, also as a small business owner doing consulting for other agencies. So um, throughout that in my entire duration of my career, I've been NSCA certified as a CPT and a TSAC-F, both of which have just um, come in handy in, in more ways than I could ever explain. But um, when the opportunity came to fruition to become a, uh, involved in the tactical program here, and especially as the tactical program manager for, for public safety, um, I was elated uh, because these are just some of the most incredible individuals in public safety. They're just some of the most incredible individuals that have um, such a selfless spirit. They give everything they have to everyone around them, whether it's to keep them safe or to, you know, to their, you know, they give so much um, to their families as well. They're just really inspiring human beings. But the one thing about them is that they are so selfless that they sometimes don't get to take care of themselves. And so, you know, being able to provide them with education and curriculum and um, opportunities to protect their health and protect their, their fitness level and throughout their career so that they can enjoy a healthy career and a long retirement afterwards is what gets me excited every single day because they're just outstanding individuals and it's a real honor to support them. Um, I've been really inspired by 
uh, work from Dr. Alvar, Dr. Orr, Dr. Dawes, um, John Hoffman, Leslie Fry, Mick Sterling. There are leaders all around the world who are doing incredible things in this industry. And I am just so excited to unify all of us together so that we can bring the mission forward of helping support these tactical professionals um, and support their health and safety so that again, they get to enjoy that healthy career and long retirement afterwards. You know, you, you spoke to our, our tactical coaching network here at the NSCA and, and you are um, well ingrained in that network just from your previous role as the associate tactical manager and now uh, in a more focused role on public safety. And that's so exciting that we've, that we've expanded our resources in that space to be more focused uh, on an audience that is is growing. I think the military gets a lot of, when you think tactical strength and conditioning, it gets a lot of the attention, but the public safety space, um, these are everyday people that we connect with out in the community. And uh, they have such a unique and demanding uh, job and career that they, uh, and sacrifice that they put themselves through for other people. And so it's, uh, it's exciting from an NSCA standpoint that that we are stepping up to serve that community better and uh, really thankful for your contributions on that. Um, to both of you, you know, we recently held a virtual job fair for tactical coaches and connected with some of the government contracting agencies who are involved with the different military branches. Um, I know just from a general strength and conditioning standpoint, this is sort of a weird concept to me of, oh, wait, I work for the Army, but um, I'm actually working for this different company. And so I really thought it was a great um, gateway into this job, job fair uh, area of introducing this new job space, this new career space. Um, I go back to my early years as a student member, young coach at the NSCA. The job board on the NSCA site was really important to me. And uh, it wasn't just the opportunities I was seeking at the time, but I also saw jobs that maybe I wasn't qualified for yet, but uh, could be on the landscape for later on in my career and seeing what those job requirements were like. So I really thought this virtual job fair that you guys created was a great progression of that concept and definitely something we can build on. I'm excited to bring it into the coaching and sports science space um, as we build things out. Um, Jason, one of the areas gaining a lot of momentum right now is the Army H2F program. You know, many of the job fair positions focused on the H2F program. Um, so Jason, can you take us through that program and what it's going to mean for the Army as well as strength and conditioning coaches. Yeah, uh, so the Army, you know, they've had this program in development uh, for some time now, um, but they are rolling it out. You know, this year, they, they already have a handful of coaches embedded within some brigades already, but they really want to go full scale with this. And H2F is an acronym for Holistic Health and Fitness. So it's a five-pronged approach to wellness for the army soldier. Uh, and that includes mental, physical, spiritual, uh, financial, and just overall health. So I really, it's, it's an admirable program and they're really investing a lot of dollars into their personnel 
not only for effectiveness currently and in the short term, but in the long term over the lifespan of that member, whether they leave the army, retire, uh, or you know become a lifer in the army. Uh, so, as far as strength and conditioning is concerned, they plan to uh, contract or the government contracting agencies will hire roughly 840 strength coaches over the course of four to five years to basically lead brigades in their physical fitness uh, training. So it, it's a huge undertaking, but I feel like it's an important one um, because the goal is to increase readiness and resilience, resilience of the personnel but also decrease injury likelihood and injury occurrence. The Army loses you know, a lot of money to the tune of millions on uh, reconditioning and rehab of musculoskeletal injuries every year. So this is an effort to invest in the prevention of that and save money on the back end, which you know, inherently I think it's gonna work and I hope it works tremendously because that would just speak to the coaches and the other personnel that are in place with those uh, units to improve the resiliency and readiness of that personnel. But I think it's an incredible opportunity for current coaches, up and coming coaches, interns, even students at this point to pay attention to because as they're hiring quite a few this year, there will be a second wave and a third wave and a fourth wave. Every fiscal year, they'll be hiring more and more coaches. So if you're a student, keep working towards finishing your education and certification. If you're you know, a recent graduate or you're in grad school and you're interning now, use that experience to learn as much as you can because these government contracting agencies and the command staff of these brigades is really valuing that experience. And if you're an established coach already or an experienced coach, you know, it may be an interesting look to look at the possibility of working in the tactical realm. Um, we understand that it's not the athletic realm. It's not the traditional collegiate professional athletic realm. You're working uh, with a, a different group of personnel. Um, in the athletic professional realm, they are athletes. Or, you know, they, they are the 2% um, that make it to that level and beyond. And uh, you know, you're, you're fine tuning highly capable people at that point. Um, but at the army personnel level you will have your athletes but you do have regular people there as well and the age range is not just 18 to 23 it can be 18 to 50. so you're working with a very diverse group of individuals some have athletic backgrounds some don't um, and some prefer alternative some are highly aerobic some enjoy weightlifting more than aerobics uh, it's just a very very diverse group of individuals but I think that presents uh, a fun challenge for the tactical strength and conditioning coach to hone your skills and become better overall. You're building a foundation of health and wellness for the lifespan of that individual. So you know, coaching fundamentals, um, presenting information, important information in a simple way that that person can digest and carry with them when they go um, either deployed or they leave the army and they're working out on their own. I think that's important. And I heard one individual de describe it as offering autonomy in an austere environment. And I think that's a great 
explanation of the overall goal of the strength and conditioning professional. You're giving that personnel and the command staff the tools to be successful in terms of physical fitness, no matter where they are on the globe. And if they're still in the army or not, wherever they go in their lifespan, they'll still have those foundations that you taught them to carry them through their health and wellness journey for the lifespan. I, I really like that um, thought process because it's about expanding opportunities into tactical strength and conditioning, but there's also that those expanded opportunities to grow our strength and conditioning curriculum to represent a broader audience beyond essentially the college age years. And, um, that is, that, that's so relevant. I mean, even in the, I, I can speak to it from the professional sports side of things when, when you get older athletes, um, but on the tactical, uh, the public safety side, I mean, this is, um, this is so relevant and so important to think uh, beyond your peak athleticism years, beyond just training for explosive power and, 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 and taking it out to the field. Well, the field might be, um, you know, depending on what your role is in the tactical space, uh, it could be on deployment. It could be um, when the bell rings at a fire station or, uh, you know, you get a call as a, as a police officer. So it's such a, a unique but different uh requirement of just alertness and readiness and that's just a recurring theme that i hear on the tactical side i think it's um i think it's really really cool to hear that um mandy a few months back we had bryce long on the podcast and he shared about his path from being a firefighter uh and heading into strength and conditioning can you speak to how strength and conditioning has expanded into police fire and rescue departments emerging roles and um, some of the key organizations that you work with to help these opportunities grow? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a lot of subject matter experts who are contributing to the field to help advance resources and resource availability for fire and for, uh, of course, police. Um, in fact, Dr. Dawes is doing a really interesting project with fire right now. And uh, Joe Dula is doing some really interesting work with um, police as well. Um, and we have a number of SMEs. So if you're interested in becoming one, please get in touch with us and uh, we'll be happy to talk. So what we're really looking at um, in the field of public safety and especially on the strength and conditioning side is supporting holistic health, similar to what the military is doing, um, but also supporting individuals and, and tactical professionals through the continuum of their career. So for example, um, in law enforcement, oftentimes the academy includes physical fitness training on a daily basis. But what we've seen is that it's often hard to maintain that routine once an officer is hired. So you might see things um, pop up in their you know, career experience after, their, after they graduate from the academy, they might experience um, musculoskeletal pain, especially back pain. Uh, they might experience some injuries along the, along the course of their career. And what we want to do is help give them physical fitness programs that support them throughout any phase. So yes, support them through the academy to make sure they do a great job there, but also support them um, at, every, at every stage of their career. So when they first get on to the job, we want to be able to support them, whether they're on day shift or night shift. Um, we want to give them that 
physical fitness support and um, holistic health support that they need to stay healthy and fit um, when they first start their career. And then in the middle of their career, maybe they've experienced an injury or two. We wanna make sure that we give them the physical fitness resources and guidance that help them overcome injuries and become even stronger after them um, and don't suffer any uh, additional aches or pains or imbalance, musculoskeletal imbalances because of it. And then we also want to help them as they retire and even after they retire, optimize their fitness and their health um, so that they can function at full capacity and enjoy life to its fullest. Um, but really paying attention to that continuum and helping them through that continuum of their career and maintaining health and fitness throughout is really important for law enforcement and for fire rescue as well. Um, we are, again, you know, we're, we're always looking for input from subject matter experts. Um, I like to use the phrase, uh, you listen and, uh, excuse me, you speak and we listen. Um, if you see, if there are professionals listening today that see a need in the field or have some input on how we can solve problems in the field and, and again, just advance strength and conditioning in this field together, then I welcome your input. This is a team effort. Um, I might be the program manager, but I'm only one person. Uh, my role is really to give you all a platform so that you can speak and so that you can have an opportunity to make a real impact um, in the industry and really help change lives. Uh, a couple of resources that I will share that we're working on that I'm really excited about are um, uh, upgrading our um, tactical strength and conditioning practitioners course. Um, we've, it's a four to five day course um, depending on which you prefer to take, but that course does lay a great foundation for learning about tactical strength and conditioning and how to program exercise um, for job specific tasks. So what is it, how fit do you need to be uh, to be an officer, a successful one? Um, how fit do you need to be to be a firefighter? Um, what does it take to be an, EM, an EMS? Uh, those are things that we uh, explain in that course, and we're upgrading it to ensure that, of course, it's evidence proven as per NSCA tradition, but it's also extremely practical and extremely user friendly. Another resource that we're developing right now is the Tactical Strength and Conditioning Program Implementation Toolkit. So in public safety specifically, sometimes uh, we see the challenge being not so much um, strength conditioning itself, but more so how to implement an agency-wide program that is, again, evidence-proven and results-focused um, and practical and user-friendly for everyone. Um, so what we're doing is just really helping um, bridge that gap from uh, seeing a high level of interest in strength and conditioning to actually implementing a program that everyone can participate in, regardless of their fitness level, um, but that everyone can participate in and have a highly rewarding um, experience in as well. An area of growth, you know, we talked, you talked about specific programs coming from the NSCA that are designed to educate coaches and professionals in the tactical realm. But I think it's really encouraging when you see academic programs uh, advancing in the tactical space as well. I know we've connected with uh, the Citadel, and you mentioned uh, Dr. Jay Dawes, you know, and, and just the number of professionals that have, have gone the tactical route, whether they came from sport or they um, were active duty and, and served and wanted to uh, advance the profession further in that way. Um, and so it's really encouraging for young coaches, uh, you have an advanced starting point to maybe a lot of the coaches that are in the field right now that you can actually go
go and get a master's degree in a tactical strength and conditioning focus major. I think that's, that's so encouraging. I remember even in the early two thousands, you, you had to track down strength and conditioning graduate programs, uh, just on the coaching side, um, because they were on the rise. And so it's really nice to see all this growth in tactical and all the added resources. And now it's turning into academic programs. So, um, I really, uh, I really enjoyed hearing about that. Um, Share some of the upcoming uh, tactical events. I know tactical trainings on the horizon. Uh, give you guys both an opportunity to share there. Yes. Yeah, so tactical annual training is coming up August 1st through the 6th. We are so excited for that. The uh, speaker applications are out. So if you're interested in speaking, then please let us know. We would be happy to get an application to you. But we're looking at a great um, opportunity to highlight hands-on sessions, lectures on all kinds of different uh, tactical topics. Um, everything from injury risk reduction to uh, performance optimization, even including some um, cognitive performance uh, presentations in there and as well. Um, some re obviously research and updated best practices. So it's going to be, we're looking forward to really putting together a power packed conference. Um, additionally, we do have the uh, International Associations of Chiefs of Police, Officer Safety and Wellness Symposium coming up. If you haven't heard about that, they're one of our, um, they're, they're a great collaborative or organization. Um, I'll actually be sharing the program implementation toolkit that I mentioned earlier um, there. It'll be its official debut. So that conference is coming up March 17th through the 19th. And again, if you need more information on that, we'd be happy to share. And uh, Jason, let's, uh, let's hear some of those updates on um, H2F and, and what to expect with that too. So yeah, right now we have, well, uh, from the virtual job fair, there's five uh, government contracting agencies that are uh, soliciting or uh, trying to build their candidate pool of tactical strength and conditioning coaches. So act, they are actively seeking people interested in those jobs. Um, the ones that participated were Lidos, uh, KBR, Serco, Magellan Federal, and Reef Systems Corp. You can access the NSEA job board to see most of their postings or either their company um, career page. And, you know, you'll see certain qualifications uh, like two years experience required or uh, other aspects, but I don't want the prospective coach to be discouraged. Uh, still put in your application because you can very well be contacted and receive career guidance from those recruiting agencies. That's also what I'm here for is to help and advocate for the strength and conditioning professional. Um, right now, as I'm aware, they're currently seeking people or individuals with at least a bachelor's degree in some form of kinesiology or exercise science, as well as a CSCS as a minimum. Um, TSAC-F certification certainly does bolster your capabilities and even multifaceted individuals such as someone with a CSCS and an athletic training certification or a PT certification. They're looking for really holistically trained individuals. So you can find those opportunities on the NSCA job board as well as the respective company's websites, but I'm always here to answer any questions any individual may have. So they can reach me at jason.swallow at nsca.com and Mandy is available too at mandy.nice at nsca.com. 
Yes, that's uh, Mandy, M-A-N-D-Y dot nice at NSCA.com. And additionally, uh, we have a really great special interest group on Facebook and we welcome everyone to join for the latest updates. And you can just find that um, under the tactical uh, special interest group on Facebook again. Well, like I told everybody at the beginning, you guys are my people. You guys are, you know, we're a department here at the NSCA and um, I, I, I truly value um, our conversations on a daily basis and just being able to have other strength coaches uh, in the building and people that, um, that I can connect with on the coaching side. Uh, Jason, I will say that this will be my first uh, annual tactical training coming up this year um, All right. that uh, in person. Uh, and so, um, I've never been to one coming out of the, uh, the baseball world. And that was a relatively new conference for a lot of the years. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm actually going to bring the, uh, the podcast kit and, uh, get to know a lot of tactical professionals. Well, uh, well, you guys are hustling and, and doing all the real work, but, um, but I'm really excited about that event. Um, to all of our listeners, I just want to say thanks for tuning in. It's always great connecting with coaches in the field. And it's important that we here at the NSCA headquarters that we're listening to you coaches and everything from our special interest group conversations, events, Zoom meetings, and even this podcast where we invite coaches to share their stories. Uh, it's a part of that, um, that, that listening that, that is so important in these audience manager roles from the NSCA. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this special episode with Jason and Mandy and learn more about the NSCA tactical programs. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Sorenex Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. See you next time. From the NSCA, thank you for listening to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. We serve you, the coaching community. So follow, subscribe, and download for future episodes. We look forward to connecting with you again soon and hope you'll join us at an upcoming NSCA event or in one of our special interest groups. For more information, go to nsca.com. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.